All right, welcome to the A-Game Podcast. Today's episode is with Tracy Brinkman, the dark horse entrepreneur. He will give you an opportunity if you want to schedule a free consultation with him for your business strategy. He works with high performance uh, entrepreneurs, business leaders all the time. I think you get a lot out of this. He's got a great story of triumph and tragedy, a real rocky story, really, really nice guy. He's been through a lot and he's he's done a lot, which is awesome. So um, it was really great talking to him. He's been a super nice guy and uh, I thought he gave a lot of really great tips for life and for business. We talk about a bunch of different things from overcoming adversity that he puts a new spin on. And when you hear his story of what he went through with personal loss and financial loss and, you know, uh, stuff with his family and, and addiction and all kinds of stuff. I mean, this guy has really fallen off and then climbed to the top of the mountain. He's got a lot to offer in life experience. And um, I appreciated it. So I think you guys will like a lot of that too. We talk about um, you know, putting yourself out there, getting a little more comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, again, some things that I thought were really cool that we've talked about before, but he really gave tactical information and steps on how to do that and why to do that, that I think were a little bit more bite-sized that people can do something with. Talking a lot about learning from adversity, um, growing up with parents that were completely opposite. One was an introvert, one was an extrovert. He learned different things on there. So if you're somebody who's a little shy, you're a little nervous putting yourself out there, um, it's everybody's uncomfortable doing that. So he gives you some good tips and ways to do that. Talks about making fearless and bold business decisions, which is important. So sitting on the sidelines, not going to do anything for you, especially in business. You have to have a little bit of confidence and you have to roll the dice a little bit, but there's ways to make those decisions in a, in a structured way and not be reckless with them. So it's a good thing that we talk about that. Um, overcoming drug addiction and coaching with kid gloves, how to be a better coach, how to be a better mentor, how to talk to people to certain ways so you get the most out of them. And he talks a lot about creating online courses and why people should be doing that now, how he helps his students and what you should be doing to create an online course. And as usual, go to nicknicknick.com, get our free ebook because you need to figure out what things you should be paying attention to as far as the real estate market that have been affected since, have been affected since the uh, epidemic, since the coronavirus, since the pandemic. So some things in there, quick, easy read. It is on nicknicknick.com. Click on get my free ebook. Or if you want to pay some money for it, you can go on Amazon, but you can get it free on our site. But what's more important is let's get you into some real estate deals. My, my phone's ringing more and more. Let's get into some investments. I have mobile home parks. I have multifamilies. I have fix and flips. I have rentals. I have opportunities. You could buy properties from me. I have opportunities to buy properties from you if you have things you want to sell. Um, we could JV if you have properties you need to move that I can hit to my buyers or you have buyers that you need properties for. Or if you just want to partner and have no idea where you want to get in, but you know you want to start owning some property or you have some money and you want your money to start making some money for you, we can talk. Just go to nicknicknick.com slash links. And you will be able to see all the ways to connect with me on social media, all the ways to subscribe and listen to this podcast. Reach out to me and just say, hey, let's have a conversation. I'm interested in what you're doing. I've been listening or, you know, whatever. This is how I found you. I've always been interested in getting involved in real estate investing or I already am and I'm looking to scale up or branch out or diversify. Let's talk about how to get you. And I am more than happy to have that discussion. Make 2021 Q2 a great one for you and uh, start a long-term relationship that we can start to do some business together and, uh, and grow from there. So happy to discuss. Please check out Tracy Brinkman and the Dark Horse Entrepreneur podcast that he does. Hope everybody's having a great day. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people reaching out. It's going to be good to get back to New York and reach out to some people. Uh, shout out to Darren Set. Happy birthday to his kid. Um, him and Sam are great people and uh, just a lot of a lot of good people out there. And what's cool about this podcast is I get to interact with people sometimes that just reach out to say hello. 
that I haven't heard from in a while. And I absolutely love that. So thank you to everybody who's been doing that. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Enjoy the podcast. Tracy Brinkman. Thank you very much. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast, I am joined by our newest guest, Tracy Brigman. Tracy has gone from hitting the rock bottom of drugs, divorce, bankruptcy, and even the death of an 18-month-old daughter to running the planning and marketing of some of corporate America's finest companies, to running his own company, helping business owners be seen, to his podcast focused on driven entrepreneurs. Tracy is a business and success coach that realizes that life isn't fair. Partition of patient awards do not feed your family or drive you to succeed. This driven dark horse entrepreneur is looking to share all that he has learned and is still learning about starting, restarting, kickstarting, and stepping up your entrepreneurial game, all while not ignoring the amazing tool between your ears. Welcome to the podcast today, Mr. Tracy Brinkman, the dark horse entrepreneur. Thank you for coming out. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me aboard, man. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming. I, we've been trying to work this out uh, a few times. Yeah, man. It's great. I'm, I'm glad I got you on. And uh, I apologize. It's, Friday night over here, I've been like staring at the computer all day trying to work stuff out. So my brain's get a little jumbled. I'm, I'm <laughs> tripping over my words here, but you have quite the impressive resume, man. I, I know we're in some similar podcast masterminds with a bunch of different entrepreneurs and stuff on here, man. And you have just been kicking butt and taking names. I'm seeing you pop up everywhere. So um, I, I gave a little bit of a, a preview, but give everybody a 30,000 foot view of a little bit of who you are and how you got where you are today. You know, I, uh, I like like it says there, I'm the, the humble dark horse podcast. I actually, you know, picked that name because it's like, it's not like the underdog, right? I think the dark horses are the folks that they themselves, they believe they can get out there and kick ass and take some names, right? They know they can win. They just got to get out there on the racetrack. But usually their their inner circle of folks are all like, well, you sure you want to do that? Yeah, and, and, you know, and they may be well-intentioned, right? You know, I, the moms and the dads of the world are like, you sure you want to do that? Maybe you should just be a doctor or a lawyer, right? <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, so I, I, I picked that because I think there's so many folk, so many people out there that have a superpower that we all could benefit from. We all have a gift. It's just getting it out there and sharing it and just, you know, getting people the opportunity and the guts to do it. Uh, I was lucky enough that my, my mom and dad are like, yeah, whatever you want to do, man, just go for it, which is cool. You know, and I tried all kinds of crazy things. You know, like you, like you mentioned in the intro, you know, drugs kind of told you that maybe shouldn't have tried that. But, you know, you uh, you learn things along the way as you as you go through these ups and downs. And, uh, you know, it, it all made me who I am today. So here we are. <laughs> I love that, man. And, you know, I, I again, I'm a big believer in, you know, make, making your mistakes, forming who you are, you know, not not doing those things. Who knows what kind of other stuff you would have found or what different types of paths or haven't used the, yeah. the whole butterfly effect, man. But, you know, I love that. That's uh, your, your past shapes your future and that's who you are and it got you where you are. So Amen. I love that stuff, man. But you know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in it's, it's not really a great tell um, when you're seeing people kick butt and take names and doing great. That's not really who they are. The way mm-hmm. you judge somebody is how do they act when things are down? Yeah. And 
you know, I'm, I'm big into boxing and MMA and all that stuff. And it really is as, as cliche as the Rocky movie is that that stuck around for so long because it really speaks for life of just how hard you can get hit and how hard you can keep getting back up and not, not get knocked down again as bad. And obviously you've had some serious setbacks personally, professionally, mm-hmm. but your, your smiles and sunshine, man, you're up here on top <laughs> of the mountain again, you're having a great time. You're having great energy. You're obviously not playing the victim mentality. Is that something that you inherited from your parents, something that you learned growing up, something you had to teach yourself? Where did that come from? I think that kind of came from a combination of things. Uh, you know, my dad, 23 years in the military, always had a pretty good outlook on life. My mom was pretty much the opposite, you know, so I had both sides of the fence and I could see which one was more fun to be around, which one was uh, w- Gravit more people gravitated towards right. My mom had a a, a very small close knit uh, group of friends, or my dad had this huge network of folks, um, and uh, you know, so I, I kind of gravitated towards that as a personality style. And then what really kind of helped that develop for me was, uh, you know, we moved every two or three years, so now I have to meet new friends and make new friends and engage new people. So you either pull in. Or you just step on out there. And uh, I, I learned to step on out there. And I just kept doing that the rest of my life. And it always it always paid dividends. And, you know, like you say, every once in a while, you, you get a slap in the face. You trip, you, stump, you, know, you stumble, you bumble, you fall, you face plant. But you get back up dust yourself off and just start moving forward. Okay. Well, they, that joke sucked. They didn't like that one, or that's not the person I want to be friends with. And you just, you, you move on. I think that's, that's one of the big keys about learning from whatever adversity you've gone through is you literally have to turn around and look back into that abyss of, you know, of that adversity. And uh, I guess ask yourself two questions. One, what part did I play in making it happen, right? And be honest with yourself. No, no one else, you're just asking yourself. No one else cares. It, it doesn't matter to anybody else on the planet but you, right? So if you're lying, you're just lying to you. Um, and then what can I learn from it, right? And as soon as you, I think as soon as you can start doing those two things, life takes on a whole different spin. Because it's like, all right, I stood up, okay, well, that sucked, right? You know, and then you're like, okay, what can I learn from that? All right, let's not do that again. But now I've got new data. I'm a big you know, computer geek. I have new data, which means if I change, if I move 10 degrees to the left, that won't happen again. So let's try that and then move on. I love that. You know, and I, I think for the entrepreneurial spirit, which you and I both have and are both surrounded by, I've, I've learned some sayings that I, I think were very relevant to that is people get caught up in, I, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. I, you know, I, I think I know. And, you know, they, a, a lot of that comes up like, well, what do you guys want? I'm like, I kind of get sick of hearing that. But one of the things that I've really kind of held on to is one of my other mentors told me, you learn what you want by learning what you don't want. And that's really been the thing, like exactly what you're saying is, yeah. I think the strides I've really made have been by just saying, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to go start taking steps or trying drugs or doing over those things. And, right. and, and exactly going, okay, I know I don't like these things. I don't like the way these make me feel. I don't like this. So I'm going to slowly get those things out of my way. And as that happens, your path starts to become more granular and, and more targeted. And I think that's really the way to go, but too many people get scared to go do that or they fail and they don't want to get up because that pain or that stress or that frustration or that fear yeah. keeps that from going there. 
with your experiences and all the stuff you've gone through, which have all been major, I'd say just any one of those specific things, people could have gone, you know what, I'm going to go back to the 95. I'm not going to go after this or mm-hmm. lose a little piece of themselves. Was it a little bit easier every time or did every setback have its own little unique way to help you get past it? You know, uh, like the three that are listed there, those are the three major ones. You know, we all have these little things that happen to us and and you learn things from them. But when you have some sort of major thing like, okay, I'm going to step out of drugs or I'm going to get lost in drugs for two years or, you know, you go through a bankruptcy, you lose everything or you lose, you know, an 18 month old child. There's there's always something to learn. And yeah. I think if you keep on moving forward, then it, it, it works. But for me, it's like the drugs, what I learned from that was, okay, being selfish, not a good idea. And don't, there's a difference between self-care and selfish, right? You know, and for me, you know, I was, I started my little computer programming company right when the dot-com boom was happening. And I just, I stepped into the right niche at the right time and money was just flying into my pockets in Southern California, you know, and if you ever seen the movie blow, you know, it was all going on around uh-huh. that time, you know? And so I, I had stepped up, but I brought some of the uh, street mentality with me right and so that just led me right down that path and i just threw it all away for drugs all right i was enjoying my selfish fun so i learned not to be selfish as a result of that um and then the next you know the next one was the uh, the death of my daughter and i won't tell the whole story because i'm already running my mouth too much as it is but you know when you're sitting in the emergency room and you know you wrap her up in the and you just disconnected her from the respirator that's that's keeping her alive and you're literally rocking her to sleep one last time you i actually took that moment and thanked her for all the lessons that she had taught me in only 18 months that she had been here you know just the way she looked at the world and smiled at everything, even though you knew she was in pain, I was thinking, shit, right? If, if she can do this at 18 months old, you know, or, you know, 15 months old or whatever, um, I'm 30 something. I should be able to you know, suck it up and, and gut it out. And so when she passed on, some of the lessons I learned about that is I don't want to go back and being selfish. I want to move forward, right? I need to be grateful for everything that's here. So that's big lesson. And these are all the big lessons that all the self-development gurus or any good coach is going to try and teach you, right? Sometimes you just got to have them smack you in the face to feel them. And then the uh, the divorce and bankruptcy, you know, kind of happened simultaneously. And this was as a result for me of not looking in deep enough and say, you know, you're worth a whole lot damn more than you are with this woman. And it was a very controlling environment. You know, there was a, you know, sometimes there's the mate, the patriarchy, well, this was more of a matriarchy. And when we first got married, that's kind of what I needed at the time. But now I was growing in a different path. I was starting to step up into who I believed I was. And she would kept wanting to push me back down. And I, I took it for the longest time. And as finally, I just sacked up and said, all right, 
I'm going to start being me. And then when I started doing that, the relationship just really got ugly, you know, because it's like, that's not, no, you know what I'm saying? And so it was clear we were on two, you know, different paths at that point. So that was a big split. And so now it's like, okay, uh, luckily my girls had just had moved out of, out of the home and, you know, so they were off on their own. So now it's like, okay, let's just go our separate ways. So now I'm on my own for the first time in probably like 20 years, you know, what do you do? You know, you put yourself back on the market, you know, so that was really, you know, okay, now let's go deep inside and say, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And I, I mean, I was journaling like a madman. Here's one of the first things I wrote down is what I want to do with my career path. That started me again on my entrepreneurial journey. And then right after that, I, I went crazy. I said, you know what, if I was going to have the perfect woman, what would she look like? What would she be like? What would she, you know, the interests? And I started mapping that out too. And oddly enough, probably about six months later, I married her and, and mar I met her and then married her a couple of years after that and have been blissfully happy ever since. That's amazing, man. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with my business partner and it, it's, goes right along with what you're saying because there was three phone calls I had yesterday with business associates of mine mm -hmm. who you know the difference to but about three months ago I talked to every one of them and every one of them was having a bad day business really wasn't going great they were really stressed out and when I talked to all of them yesterday every single one of them with that same situation was like you know what that deal came back around, that client came back around, that relationship actually rebounded. And now like things are doing great. And man, when it rains, it pours and holy crap, this is amazing. And, um, you know, I think that that's just the entrepreneurial roller coaster. You know, yeah. it, it is feast or famine. And if you're going to choose this, you're going to have to be prepared to like buckle up when things get bumpy and enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah. You're going to have those ups and downs. And it's, it's how do you handle that in between and make it level. But I yeah. think too many people get into a place where, they're afraid to make decisions or they're afraid to cut ties. Like, okay, this deal isn't working. I'm going to sell it. This relationship isn't good. I'm going to break out because they think they don't like change or they go, well, what if, it, what if it's worse out there? You seem to not have that. You seem to have that self-awareness of really knowing my time is up with this. This is, has kind of got its course. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go find greener pastures. And you seem very confident in that. That's rare to me. I don't see that a lot. I see a lot of people struggling, especially in the business that I'm in with real estate, where you fire yeah. a property manager, you fire a, a realtor, you fire whoever, and you always go, man, I wish I did that six months ago. I can't believe I waited that long to do it. I'm never going to make that mistake again. And then we all do it again. So exactly. <laughs> how did you become so self-aware with stuff like that and so good at making decisions? You know, it's, it just comes back to, you know, I, like I said earlier, uh, I actually each time took the time to turn around and stare back into that abyss. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, there was laughs, there was cries. I mean, when, when I came out of that, uh, the drug scene, you know, I turned around and I bawled my stupid ass eyes out because it's like, dude, why did you do that? You were on top of the mountain, all your dreams are coming true and you just threw it all away for what, you know? And so that self-reflection and then each one of those times is just looking back and say, okay, you know, she was here. Now she's not, 
what to, you know, in that one, I, that one took me a little longer to look back because that one cut deep. Right. But, uh, it was probably about a year, a year, uh, a little over a year later, there was a movie on and I can't remember the name of the movie, but the father was oh, going to give up his life so his son could live via an organ donation, which was what my daughter was waiting for. And when that realization came to me in the movie, there was a lot of things happening in the movie, very action packed. And when I finally realized that's what the father was doing, Doing, it my my brain said oh, why uh, you could have done that right and I just I started bawling like a baby in the theater you know and it was like in that that night or probably that next day is when I thought okay it's time to look back into that abyss and do that self-reflection and I think it's really just all about being willing to look at yourself look at that person in the mirror the man in the mirror like Michael Jackson says and just be honest you know I think so many times we spend too much time trying to keep up with the Joneses or live through someone else's vision. You know, mom wanted you to be a doctor, right? Or, you know, dad, dad did real estate. So I'm doing real estate, you know, whatever it may be, live it up to someone else's expectations. The only person you need to damn well compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. And if you're a little bit better than who you were yesterday, man, you just keep on rocking it. I love that, man. That's such wise words. And tying that into your dark horse entrepreneur is, is that, I know we talked a little bit about how that's kind of shaped where you are today, but did the people around you, when you started getting into drugs and doing all these things and having all these setbacks, obviously you said your, your parents are very supportive, mm-hmm. but did, did that dark horse mentality were people around you counting you out or doubting you or, or starting to give up on you? Is that really where that started to shape? Yeah, that's really where it started to shape. There was one person in my life. Now, my mom and dad were always there, but they're like, if you're going to be doing that, man, please don't come over here. Uh, and I respected that, right? I, I get it. Uh, but my, uh, I had a, a friend I met when he was 14 and I was like 16. And uh, he's like my brother from another mother. He was the one person out of all the my friends and family that stood by my side time and time again, he would always come over and, you know, be, be like the whole, you know, dude, this isn't you, right? This is you. When his daughter was born, he came over and made sure I was aware of it, was always there to the day he died. He died, uh, unfortunately, about five years ago, uh, far too young, but he was always there 24 seven, no matter what. And if it hadn't been for him, that one person, uh, who knows, right? It could have been something entirely different, but that one person gave me that hope. So I hope everyone out there has that one person that you can look at. Even if they're passed away, you can still talk to them, you know, however you, you uh, believe in being able to do that. I love that, man. So, you know, that, that probably is perfectly into what we're doing now because you're talking about how everybody needs that one person. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like you're able to now use podcasts as an outlet that you can be that person for other people. Is that part of what your goal is in starting the the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, um, it's to give someone that you know pat on the butt, you know pat on the back, or smack upside the head, whatever they might need. And then I also did it. There's a little bit of self you know, uh, inside there because the folks I'm able to get on, you know, the Zach Babcocks that we've talked about, the David Meltzers that have been on, um, you're able to pick their brain for the time that you have together, you know, before the zoom call starts or even after it's over with and just glean these gems that you probably have to pay thousands of dollars to get. 
Um, but being able to you know, reach out to them, hey, would you come on podcast and answer some questions and tell your story and you know drop some knowledge? And you're like, yeah, I'm getting some of this knowledge, quote unquote, for free. Now you're putting in the work. So there's definitely a bit of that in there. And uh, and then of course I dropped the uh, the on my show I do the the one episode weekly that's the interview episode and then Tuesday through Friday I drop shorter episodes that are just kind of you know motivational inspirational educational hey here's what I think a thought leader is hey here's a great way to do emails I mean we go from tactical to the philosophy to you know the brain you know what's going on inside your mindset we spent a whole week on mindset you know so yeah it's it's definitely that that pat on the back or smack upside the head that someone might need as well as you know a little education from uh, those that have are, that are further along their journey than i am so i think it's interesting that you you keep talking about smacking people across the face and giving them like that wake-up call and stuff like that <laughs> and I, I do know that you know part of part of what you're known as the, the whole like, hey, you know, participation trophies aren't given out in life and you need to learn that and you need to right. do the work, which I think is a very necessary lesson, but it has to be phrased the right way for some people to take it in. Otherwise, it could come off kind of brash. Right. The, the messages that you're giving versus your personality are, are very, very different because you don't come off as a like a, a rude or, or brash guy. You're very very approachable and you, you have good right. energy. And, you know, I, I think it's an interesting mix that you could probably deliver a little bit of a death blow with kid gloves on to make people kind of, it doesn't sting as bad. And my personality, I listen to that more. That helps me. Sure, so sure. being somebody that's worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and having to balance that, how have you learned to adjust your messaging and your personality to the people that you're working with? Because you, you obviously can, otherwise right. you, you would never be, they would, you know, it, it would be too soft or you would be too hard. And, you know, I think it's, uh, it comes from the experience, right? I mean, you know, I was obviously, I, like I mentioned earlier, my dad being in the military, I joined the military right out of high school. So you learned one style of communication, uh, you know, the very aggressive, very structured, very f firm and forceful. Um, and then as I came up through corporate America, I was 12 years at Coca-Cola. Uh, you have to, uh, you have to balance those. You, there's the PC arena. Sometimes you have to play in. Um, I was uh, I was able to get skilled at being able to say things PC that wasn't PC, right? So, like, did you just tell me to screw off? Well, kind of. Right. You know, there's so it's it's a skill you develop, but it's really about the person that you're that you're chatting with. And as you engage with them, you can kind of, you know, feel where where the boundaries are at. And then you just push them a little bit because I think the the real growth for anybody. Right. And hopefully you would concur with this is that when they just lean out of their comfort zone. I don't need you to step out of your comfort zone. I don't, I don't need you to jump into the deep end of the pool with weights on your feet. I just need you to lean out of your comfort zone about 10 or 15 degrees. All right. Okay. Until you're just about to fall and then lean back in. Right, there you go. You're good. And then do it again. Right. And what you find is your comfort zone begins to crawl out there where you're leaning and next thing you know you got to step aside you know step out to the new line that that where your comfort zone is at and then lean again and each time you do it, it just it gets more and more comfortable i completely concur with that i think it's excellent observation and great advice for everybody listening you know like the, i keep saying i i find myself repeating a lot of cliches on this show but i'm like I, they're true like you know they're, some of the most successful people come on like they're still around for a reason you know yeah absolutely 
So working with entrepreneurs, um, obviously you have a background in that for a while. What was it that kind of shifted you from being in that space and helping with Coca-Cola and marketing that made you want to jump on and start to be somebody who helps and coaches entrepreneurs and gets them soon? It's funny. It's uh, this was actually one of the good things I say that came from the death of my daughter. Uh, if anything good could come from. So while she was sick and in need of an, or an organ transplant, I I was in front of anybody who would listen and probably a few people that didn't want to listen, touting the benefits of being an organ donor, uh, which really helped me uh, grow my public speaking skills. And then after she passed away, I continued to do that because I threw myself into personal development. So I started, you know, moving my message from organ donorship to all these amazing personal development things I was learning and sharing with whoever would listen. And people started giving me this feedback, like, oh, this is amazing. I had this one girl come up to me and say, you know, because of the message you just shared on that speech, I decided I'm going back to college. She was having a successful internship at the Coca-Cola company, and they had offered her a position, which was going to pay very well. And so she was going to stop where she had like tailed her, her college, her collegiate career. And she had decided, you know what? I can do both, right? I just, I'll move my schedule around. I'll start working, which will get my, which will kick it off. Thing. And when she told me that, just that rush, you're like, whoa, it was almost like the birth of my daughter, maybe a little less, right? But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, wow, I impacted someone's life with just my words. What if I could work with them one-on-one? So I started, you know, mentoring folks inside the company and then that moved into, okay, let's start coaching people outside uh, the Coca-Cola company. And I found entrepreneurs uh, were usually the ones that were most willing. Now we're talking the mid to late nineties to early two thousands here, you know, there weren't, there weren't all the coaches that we see now. Right. And there's, you know, there was a woo woo stigma for a lot of the coaching industry out there. Like, oh, you're a life coach. Oh, I mean, you're, you know, what, you know, what I got to stand in a, my bare feet and face the sun. And, you know, you know, what I'm talking about anyway, you know, so I, I was lucky enough to find a number of entrepreneurs that were like, Oh yeah, I just need someone to give me that oomph. And, uh, and that's just, that started it all from there. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585. 0585 for your free online drum lesson. That's awesome, man. Now, being that you've been doing it that long, the, the world digitally has completely changed to a different, even the last two, three years. Yeah. It's completely different. The last two months with Clubhouse, like we were talking about before that, <laughs> right. it's evolving and changing. How are you seeing the way that you're able to engage with your audience or reach your audience or 
just work with entrepreneurs, just the landscape change in the last 20 years because of social media? I think there it's easier to find the folks. Sometimes it's a little harder to mm, help them unlearn. If that makes sense, you know, they, they, because so much of what any good coach teaches is out there, right? You, you just got finished mentioning a little while ago. I keep saying these cliches, but they're true, you know, and I think here's the thing. You can go out and learn anything a coach is going to teach you. The problem is you're going to take a long time finding it, sifting through all, everything and seeing what resonates with you. With a good coach, you can find someone that resonates with you who will learn who you are and say, okay, here's what you need to do next and next after that and after that. Forget about this. Forget about that. Focus here. Um, and so it's that unlearning factor. They're like, they're like, well, what about, should I get on Clubhouse? Because it's all the rage right now. Well, yeah, but it's that shiny object syndrome, right? You're, you you got them going down a path and all of a sudden something pops up on the radar screen. Oh, I heard about video marketing being this amazing new thing to do, right? Or when Facebook ads, oh, Facebook ads, I got to do fake. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. Step one. <laughs> Step two, you know, and so what that's the hardest part is just reining them back in. Yeah, yeah, we can do that, but let's work it into the plan or, you know, build it out so it steps in later on. Do you find yourself having to constantly refocus your clients? Because that's been by far my biggest thing is staying with the course at hand and not going in. Well, I'm going to do multi-units. Now I'm going to do fix and flips. Now I'm going to do lane of I'm doing a podcast on Clubhouse. Like that's, it's really hard. Oh, so true. So, and you know, and I, I noticed it because I was a victim uh, of myself for the longest time, especially right after the, the divorce and bankruptcy. It's like, okay, uh, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to just going to throw myself into the entrepreneurial path. Let's go. You know, and I started, I started, I started my own, you know, one of those digital marketing agencies running ads for folks and doing the social media stuff. And, you know, and I, oh, oh, let's add video to it. Oh, let's do, let's do reputation management. Oh, let's, you know, and next thing you know, it just wasn't fun anymore. And, you know, that's why I just like, okay, stop that. I'm not even enjoying this. I'm not, I, I just dumped it. I mean, I do it for a couple of folks just because they, you know, they're, they're, they're good. Uh, they're good folks, good customers, but it's not like I'm out searching for more, but yeah, it's about keeping them in line. It's like hurting cats. Right. But there are those times and the people are like, okay, I'm really passionate about this. And I said, okay, we can do that, but we need to re revamp the plan. Cause if your plan was to go this path and now you're like, no, no, I really want to do this. Cool. You know, you're, you're the client. I get it, but let's just make sure we're going down the right path together and not just sidelining your, your, uh, your forward momentum by this shiny object. Sure. I love that. And you know, uh, thank you for your service for the military for being in the military and serving there. Um, but what you're saying here resonates with exactly how the conversation started before we started recording, which I think a big piece there that you have to look at, which is what my coaches tell me when I go, what should I do? They always look to me and they say, what's, what's what activities are going to generate revenue? You should only be doing revenue, you're revenue generating activities and you should be delegating things that are not. And I know you're a huge advocate for trading time for dollars and vice versa and really mm -hmm. make sure that they're doing things that they're trading their time for money instead of wasting all their hours. So 
What are some things that you're doing or working with to adjust that for the entrepreneurs that you work with? Um, actually, I'm, I'm well. I'm doing a uh, a course. Oh my god! Here we go. Um, I try to get um, the folks I coach to create a course, right? Some sort of medium where they can say, "Here's my good stuff." I mean, because you can only teach so you can only take on so many clients at a time, right? I mean, we'd love to have you know a hundred clients at uh, you know twelve hundred dollars a month. And yeah, you'd be like, hey, that'd be awesome. I'm sorry, only got 24 hours a day. That is not going to work. And not well, anyway. So, but if you could take your core knowledge, like, like, I have, you know, a seven step structure that I take my clients through, right? The, the well, six, the, the six C's of entrepreneurship and each one of these C's is a phase. So if I package that up into a core course, it says, okay, you want to go on an entrepreneurial path or you're on one and you're ready to kickstart, re restart, you know, or level up. Um, here you go. Here's everything you need. If you want to fly alone and they can buy that and go for it. So now I've taken that knowledge, something I would walk them through and spend, you know, 30, 40 hours over time. And they, you know, they can take that same learning and, you know, get it for a, a lower price. Now, what's really cool about that is you can take your hours and make them premium. So if you were charging 250 bucks an hour and you come up with this course, say, okay, all these people over here, you go over there. You, you go check out this course and you could make it even a prerequisite to working with you before you can hire me as a coach. You got to go through that course because that's what I'm all about. And if you don't resonate with that course, you and I are just not going to work. It's just not going to happen. Right. And different, there are different vibes for different folks and that's cool, you know, but now you can say, all right, you've been through that course. I don't have to reteach you that stuff. And we can start, you know, at level 15 and start moving on from there um, at a premium price, or you could do a group coaching. And, you know, so there's the options are, you know, a multitude, but now you're, you, you're, you know, the, the, the lovely phrase, we entrepreneurs, especially we online entrepreneurs making money while you sleep. There you go. A digital course would do that. Um, so we got, I got a digital course about how to create and market your digital course. So it's a digital course course. Sounds funny when I say it, <laughs> but it, it really, the, and I said to, I, you know, I told myself when I came out with this, I wanted it to be all encompassing. I just don't want to be another course guy, right? It's like, here it is. Go teach this. No, 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 no. All right. This year, if I, it, you, you get this, you'll go all the way through it from the start. You're like, all right, we're going to start doing your pre-marketing, right? We're going to start building up the hype while you're making the course. And it's going to take, probably take you a while to, to make your course, maybe a month or two, maybe three, right? And so now you're slowly, you know, you know, building up. You could be building up an audience, building up an email list, but you're you're building up that tension and that hype. That way, when your course hits the ground or when you say, okay, my course is going to be ready to launch two weeks from now. Well, you don't want to try and jam the hype into two weeks, right? If you start building that up in a month, two ahead of time, then that last two weeks, you can really ratchet up the tension. Then your course hits the ground. Now, how do you run the course? And then, you know, on the back end, what do you do with all those amazing people? So there's a, you know, there's a back end piece of it. I, I'm putting it all together in one big, you know, I, I, one of my coaches said, well, you should, that's really three courses that you're offering there. I said, I know, I get it, but that's what's going to be different. You know, I'm not going to say, here's a course, Oh, and then here's a course about how to market that course. Oh, and here's a course about how to what to do with the people after the course. No, we're going to put it all together, and there it is for you. 
That's awesome, man. I love that. And I think the timing of this is obviously perfect with, you know, people are home and people have been more trained now to -hmm. do everything online. So I don't think it's like it was a year ago before COVID where people really liked live events and the old school live events guy, they were saying like, the only way to do it, you have to be, it's not anymore, but I'm seeing more importantly than ever, the people that are home that are taking care of their kids all day and homeschooling and doing all these things that want something different, mm-hmm. they need those digital courses because they can't yeah. get on live. They need to be able to say, I put the kids to bed at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Now I can take a couple of hours and not get a couple of modules of Tracy's mm-hmm. course. Yeah. And they'd be able to do that. So, you know, as, as much as it was almost frowned upon at first for the people that didn't want to change it, the people that I know that really need that, they have to have that be available on almost on the manner on their schedule. So I think yeah. you're, you're going to, I think you're going to do great with that, man, because there's a lot of crazy ideas. I keep saying, Hey, Kevin Harrington, on, we were talking about it. I really believe that this is going to turn into a Renaissance a year, two years from now, all the people that were home that had these ideas that finally have an opportunity to figure out how to put it into a course or get yeah. their message yeah. out there. I think there's going to be tons of amazing inventions and crazy things that are happening. And I think something like you're doing is going to allow them to go out there and sound their voice and get that idea out and really help change the world. Here, here's hoping. Here's hoping, man. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. And uh, there is uh, there are two examples. One goes back to uh, Russell Brunson in his early days. I started following Russell Brunson pre dot com secrets, right? So we're talking way back. And he did this contest. And this is back when you were doing the uh, free plus shipping offers. That was a big thing, right? And uh, so he was doing this contest, his challenge, his his version of a challenge back then. And he says, okay, whoever wins this contest, and, and the way to win the contest was by selling the most units of the free plus shipping is uh, you go through the course. I'm going to teach you how to do it. You're going to create the CD and that's going to, what you're going to be shipping. So it's going to be real low barrier to entry, you know, what three ninety five, right. And you're actually making a profit. Whoever can sell the most units is going to win this. I think it was like a Corvette, right. And all nine yards. And the lady that won, it was actually a couple, the CD, you thought it was going to be some amazing course, Mm-mm. how to make bows. And I'm talking about the bows like your kids would wear in their hair, how to make bows. What? And I was like, but that's brilliant. I'm a cheer dad. My daughter, my, my youngest daughter always had bows in her hair, right? That was the one thing I did not learn how to do her hair, but I never learned how to make a bow. And I thought, why didn't I think of that? You know, and those are the ones you're like, that's so simple. And the other the other story real quick is there's a young lady uh, more recently, I think it was uh, back half her, of last year, and she's a teenager who's into crocheting, which is kind of odd for a teenager. Usually it's an, an older person's uh, event. And you know, she was getting out there into the uh, Facebook groups and, and engaging with all these these older ladies. And she started a course about crocheting and now she's got this following of these all these very passionate uh, older women that enjoy crocheting and she's like you know she's they're looking up to her and she's looking up them for a completely different reason so it's almost like it doesn't even matter your age if there's something that you're good at or learning to be good at and you're passionate about man you can turn it into a, a, a course and build yourself an audience and then who knows sky's the limit right i love it man i think that that's outstanding and uh it's funny it's it's the simple stuff you know the people tend to overcomplicate things that are out there but you see all these wacky like the guy who made the little thing for the pizzas is like a billionaire right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely it's crazy so you know with social media right now with one of the things you're talking about 
I'm, I'm always watching, always listening. And I look at track record and, you know, there's again with the, with the entrepreneurs, I get it. I'm sympathetic to it. I'm aware of it. I'm sure I've done it myself over the years, but I've had people that have helped me along the way to, to learn some of the things that are good to do and not to do, because those things stick around people remember the way you handle certain stuff. And, you know, I, I know that there are certain guys that I do business with that I just really can't rely on them because when they're feeling good, we're on. And then when they're really not, they're not picking up the phone, they're dropping the ball on deals. Other people they're doing business with are calling me saying they're not responding. So even though they might have a good intention and they're good when they're good, their reputation has become that they're not reliable. You can't count on them. And that's the kiss of death in a business like this, because when things get tough, like with COVID and you need to cut some of the fat out, those are the ones that are going to go. So what, how are you helping shape and put a priority of reputation personally and professionally on yourself and the people that you're working with? When it comes to the people I'm working with, I'll, I'll step back to the, uh, the social media marketing agency I was doing. And I was working with a lot of folks and helping them manage their online reputation, right? And a lot of folks like the idea of, hey, I do, if, if I get anything less than, you know, four and a half stars, I don't want it to show up. Well, yeah, yeah, you do, but it's about how you handle it, right? You know, someone can, uh, you know, go onto your Yelp or your, you know, Google My Business or your website and drop you a three-star review, but still leave great comments and you're, you're getting dropped. Um, and if someone leaves you, you know, a low star rating or gives you some bad comments, that's a learning opportunity. It's like, dude, Mr. Mrs. Business Owner, they're telling you what the issue is. You, you don't have to hunt around. They just told you. And if you get that two or three times, then maybe you need to address the issue. Uh, a great example, there was an apparel company I was working with, and they had this amazing shirt that came was really cool polo shirt with this camo piecing on it and the whole nine yards, this beautiful shirt. I've got three different, three, three colors of it. I, I love the shirt that much. But when they first came out with it, they were finding that people in the medium and large range, my range and just above that, there it was fitting snug in the chest. So it was a way that the shirt was cut and so they were getting a lot of that feedback and some of them was even giving them you know four and five stars but they were saying in the comments it's a little snug in the chest and then other people who were less nice about it they're like i'm gonna give you one star because the fabric is great but it sucks in the chest you know and you know, they were like oh god how do we get rid of these reviews I says, you don't want to get rid of the reviews i said you want to answer them each and every one of them hey we, we we figured out what happened the cut of the uh you know the vendor did the cut whatever you want to say you just come up with this stock answer so when you get multiples of that you tell them you let them know i'm listening right even though i don't like what you're saying i'm listening we're already addressing it and if you'd like it you reach out to us at this email address and we'll send you a replacement for free as soon as they arrive they started getting these rave reviews and then the next version at that that uh, same shirt that came out the following year, they sold record numbers. It was because of the way they handled the bad reviews, you know? So that's one way of doing it. When it comes to um, entrepreneurs that have that that cycle, you know, and we all, we all have it, right? We get in those moods like, I, I don't wanna do shit. That's it's all there is to it. Uh, if you can get them into the habit uh, like I do and have yourself a quote unquote list, look, these are the three things I have to do this week or I have to do today. And then, then I can just 
the rest of it, I can move on. And if they build in that habit of getting those three things done, like I've got to answer Nick's call. I mean, I know he's mad at me, right? I got, so you get on the phone with Nick, do your thing. And then whatever those other two things are, then you can go wallow in your grief all you want to. What usually happens if you get into that habit, you start getting that uh, feedback. Hey, I got on the I got on the phone, started jamming with Nick. Nick made me smile a little bit. We yucked it up a bit. We did some business. I felt better about myself. I got to thing number two. That worked out okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Did thing number three. Man, oh, I should have done thing number three yesterday. Now I'm feeling pretty damn good about it. And then you can keep on doing what you got to do. I love that. That little momentum really goes a long way. It does. Absolutely. It's huge. So moving on to podcast specifically, what was it that attracted you to that outlet and made you really go all in on podcasts? Um, this is actually my second podcast. I had started a podcast about, oh gosh, I want to say it's about seven years ago now. And it ran for about two years. And it was really just a mouthpiece for me to get on there and spout personal development. But what I did is uh, I put it out for free for a while. And then I flipped it into kind of a paid membership where I would give you a nice episode on Monday and then kind of tease what's going to be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But if you wanted to hear those, you had to come in and do the paid membership. And it was like $9.99 a month. So, you know, I had a handful, I say handful, it was probably about 100, 200 folks that were paying that, you know, so it's uh, it was fun. Um, but because it was all personal development, when I started going through all that BS with the relationship I was getting out of and the divorce and the bankruptcy, I felt like a real poser, right? Here I am, you know, getting on the microphone and spouting, hey, to make your life great, here's what you need to do. Meanwhile, meanwhile my shit's falling apart, right? <laughs> uh, so I hung up my microphone for a bit, you know, like, okay, I, it was serious imposter syndrome. And, uh, you know, the past couple of years and things have been jiving, I thought, what a great time. And uh, hey, let's try about pot. And it just, uh, Zach and my path, uh, crossed about the time I was considering it. And it was just meant to be. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Shout out to Zachary Babcock. His, uh, his power train group is, is just outstanding. You know, he's been doing big things. He's been helping us both out a lot. He's been on both our podcasts. Good guy. So yeah, shout out to Zach. Absolutely. So what I like to do is uh, I like to wrap it up with something I call the victory lap where we okay. go over a couple questions here that, uh, you know, I, I ask everybody just to, to kind of collaborate on everybody's views on stuff. First one being, what was the worst job you've ever had? Ooh, the worst job I've ever had. I was the uh, I was the purchasing and uh, demand manager for an overhead door company in uh, in northern Georgia, and the job itself it was okay. Right. It was kind of cool. I was able to use my ability to speak German. Their home company was out in Germany, so I could call up and use the language skills and everything. But uh, it was an hour and 45 minute drive each way. Huh. And it was brutal. And anybody who lives or has lived or driven through the Atlanta area knows how brutal that any metropolitan area, right? But uh, Atlanta was just, it was ugly. So it, it just came down to be, a, it's just not worth my time. I was giving up, you know, four or five hours a day in drive time. And I, I was lucky enough to use it for, you know, like Zig Ziglar says, automobile university. But yeah, so there's only so much learning you could do. 
in a drive, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was brutal because of that. Every other job, I mean, I could always find something about it I enjoyed and, you know, and gut it out if I felt like it, but uh, that one was just, uh, it was ugly. <laughs> what is uh, one of your most highly recommended books for entrepreneurs? Ah, most highly recommended books. Um, I think a really good one is uh, Eat the Frog by Brian Tracy. That one, uh, that one hit me early on, way back right in the day. Right now. Is it really? <laughs> right on. There you go. <laughs> so what were some things you learned from that one? You know, one of the things I learned from that one is probably not Brian Tracy's lesson directly, um, but it was, it was, first off, you got to break the things down and then just go after it. And, and then the, another lesson I took from that one is if you have to eat multiple frogs, eat the ugly one first and just get it off your plate. And I actually believe I'm not, I can't remember if that one was in the book directly, but during the same time I had read that book, I was uh, listening to Zig Ziglar. I remember him saying that because you don't want to look at that sucker too long, right? Just get in there and eat that. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, eating your eating your frogs is huge i'm a big i'm a big advocate of goal setting and chunking things down and just taking those daily bites i mean i tell everyone i work with and even that listens to the podcast do something every day even if it's your day off just take one little tiny step you know first thing you get up in the morning you know, do your your poop shower shave workout eat breakfast and then do something to move your business your your personal life your relationship forward. Okay. Then take the rest of the day. I think you're good. I love that, man. And uh, it's funny because my, my friend actually calls that slaying dragons, not eating frogs. I love that too. He's like, man, I wake up in the morning, I take out my sword and I look at the fire breathing dragon. And I'm like, which one do I have to slay? I like that one. Like, but you better slay one. Cause then if another one pops up, yeah. now you got two and then you got three. And if you have three dragons, now you're going to, you're going to burn in fire. So I think about that every day. Sometimes if I think about like what frog am I going to eat? And it doesn't get me off the couch. I was like, what dragon am I going to slay? And then I'm kind of yeah, like, that's kind of, yeah. that's a cool way to look at it. I like that one. I'm going to have to remember that one. Take your armor, save your queen. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm very me. I love going to Renaissance fairs. <laughs> <laughs> but even this morning I was reading Eat the Frog at like 4.30 AM. And it was like, take a pen right now and write down these five things. And I was like, I'll do it later. <laughs> I put it down and I got on the treadmill, but I was like, ah. Uh, on that on that book topic, this has made me think. There was a there was another book that I read, and it was very. It's a more obscure one. I think it's called The Magic Lamp, and uh, it was it's another kind of um, play on goal setting. Yeah, I can't. I think it's called the Mag the Magic Lamp is what it's all about. Here it is, Magic Lamp goal people goal setting for people who hate setting goals. Nice. I read that one shortly after reading Eat the Frog and that one really resonated with me. That one's by Keith Ellis. That one's a good, it, and it's a quick read. It's a little bitty paperback book, but he takes a completely different spin on the goal setting thing and tries to, you know, and flips it on its ear and they're like, okay, that's kind of a cool way to look at it. Awesome, man. I'm going to check that out right after we get off. I'm going to order a copy of that. Sweet. Nice. So last couple of questions. One being, if you had a time machine, Knowing what you know now in life and business, if a younger Tracy Brinkman came over and asked you for advice, what advice would you give a younger you today? Ah, 
follow your heart, brother. I mean, really, uh, believe. And I think it's follow your heart and believe in yourself. Nothing else matters because you know. If I go, if I think back to the the first big trauma in my life with with the drugs, if I'd have continued following my heart and believed in myself, drugs wouldn't even been part of the scene, right? Because I, I, I look at back and part of looking back into that abyss was like I was trying to um, be a part of the crowd. Right. I was trying to fill that hole of not being a part of the crowd by hanging out with those guys and doing those things and everything. Right now, it's so I, I would never do that again. Right. It, I've experienced it, it's probably why. But uh, as I look back at it, it that's that's the hole. And if I could fill that hole by believing in myself and following my dream, it would have never happened. It's great advice, man. I love that. Lastly, how do people find you? Talk about how they can work with you, some of the things you got going on, some of the things they can follow you on. Absolutely. The, the easiest place to send them is to the website, which is darkhorseschooling.com. And if they want to you know, follow me on the socials, all the socials are at the top. We're on all the big platforms, except for Pinterest, I think, so no one not on. Um, and I, of course, I mentioned the course that's coming out soon. Uh, I mean, before that, we're going to be doing a, uh, I say we, it's me, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but, we're going to be doing a, a podcast guesting course, which is pretty much how people can do like what we're doing right here. I mean, this is a great medium to get your message out, to get your marketing message out, whatever it is. Um, and there's like you, I think you mentioned it before we started recording. There's so many podcast niches out there that could uh, use your voice and use your, uh, your input. Um, but yeah, yeah, come and check us out over there. There's a, uh, and then, you know, if you want to check me out for coaching, there's a tab there on the website on the backside that you can uh, fill out and uh, I'll get back with you. That's awesome, man. And I know you were generous enough to offer a, a little bonus for any of the listeners of the A Game podcast that you would do a free consultation with them. Absolutely. 30 minutes, all on me, brother. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So um, they, they can obviously, I'll put all the show notes and everything with your links in there, but where do they go directly if they want to try and schedule something like that? Um, the easiest way to do that would be to hit me up on, uh, on Facebook, go ahead and hit me up in a DM, or if they want to go into the Facebook group, it's called the dark horse tribe. Um, and just connect with me right there. It's uh, probably the DMS, the fastest way right there. And I just know if we went into the dark horse tribe, you wouldn't have to worry about me. You know, it's, if I'm not your friend, you know, that message goes into that hidden spot every <laughs> once in a while, but, uh, yeah, hit me up on Facebook. That'd be a fast way to do it. That's awesome, man. Well, you, sir, definitely bring your A-game. It's been awesome watching you kick butt and take names and seeing you pop up all over the groups. It's been great, obviously, connecting with you one-on-one -on -one for a little bit and getting to hear your story. I'm very excited to see what you're going to do in the future. I do not think you're a dark horse. I definitely think you're a, you're a force to be reckoned with, man, but uh, <laughs> I love everything you're doing. Any final thoughts before we let you go today? No, nah, man, just believe in yourself, and, and no matter what you're out there doing, just be you as you're doing it. That's all anyone, anyone can ever ask. That's awesome, man. Well, again, I appreciate it very much. You certainly are a great guest and you've been awesome. Everything that you're doing, everything that you're saying, I, I support, I condone, and I definitely echo. Um, we're definitely coming from the same cloth and I really appreciate you being here today. Tracy Brinkman, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. Thanks so much, Nick. I appreciate your time. Thanks. You